Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast. My name is Charlie Baxter and I am here to tell you all about British people that British people know. And uh, I wanted to get my friend from the Aussie English Podcast, uh, Pete, to, uh, you know, see if he knows anything about these British people and uh, help you understand what somebody outside of the UK might know of, of them and then uh, figure out where we need to go from there. Because these people, they come up in conversation quite a lot within native conversation. So I want to help you guys feel comfortable when they reference these names so that you don't feel, you know, like you're a stranger listening to a conversation that you can't input into. So um, let's get Pete on. How you doing, Pete? Hello, and thank you very much for being here. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. All right. So um, we're both in Australia at the moment. So I'm in Sydney. Pete's um, further down. Whereabouts are you? <laughs> down under. Yeah, I'm in um, a suburb called Kerr Lewis, which is about an hour and a half away from Melbourne. Nice, nice. Yeah. And that's fairly near Geelong. Am I pronouncing it right? Geelong? Yeah, yeah, Geelong. That's uh, 25 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. So we were planning to, to live in Geelong, which was coincidentally very near you. And that mm-hmm. was before we even met. You should have. But, uh, it's cheaper. <laughs> it, it is cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah. And they've got, have they got Billabong there? Oh, you mean the brand? Yeah. Yeah, the that's down at Torquay. So that's Billabong and there'll be Rip Curl and a bunch of those other surf brown brands that sort of started up down near Bells Beach, which is that, you know, quote unquote, best surf beach in the world, or at least Australia. But um, yeah, so a lot of that stuff started up in, I think, the 60s and 70s down there in Torquay. Right. Okay. It, yeah, I've, I've been down to Torquay. Does it blow it's, your it's mind nice. that we have I, all these places in Australia that have these British names like Torquay? It is very confusing. <laughs> very confusing because Sydney has loads of names like Liverpool. Yeah. And people, yeah, reference them very regularly. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, you mean the Sydney version? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. And when we went down to Torquay, we saw a load of um, young surfers doing like surf camp, and oh, they yeah. looked amazing. Are you are you a fan of surfing? Have you ever been out? Yeah, yeah. I used to when I was a kid down at a beach called Ocean Grove Beach, which is uh, yeah, probably about, uh, what would you say, 25 minutes to the east of Torquay along the coast. So, sort of the opposite way um, from the Great Ocean Road and lawn and everything. So, yeah, I used to go surfing a little bit, though never really got fully into it. And, you know, the thing that always freaked me out was sharks. I was always like, Jesus Christ, this this crap just seems full on. You know, you'd see them sometimes from up on the cliffs in the water. And yesterday, last night, two children, I think two teenagers were bitten by a shark down at my local beach. And I'm just like, screw that. I'm so glad I don't surf. <laughs> we went down to Jarvis Bay. Do you say Jarvis or Jervis Bay? I would have said Jervis, but I, I, I heard recently that it is Jarvis, but it's the weirdest R spelling, right? E-R. You would not expect yeah. it to be uh, R, but yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. I would have said Jervis prior to, to that knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wasn't sure whether to go with the Jervis or Jarvis, but um, either way, we were there last weekend and the guy that was taking us through this sea kayaking tour... He was showing us um, a coiled-looking seaweed piece, mm. and that's a, a shark egg. Yeah. He was teaching me about this. You, Except you know about these? they're going to be the smaller sort of reef kind of sharks that hang around um, the bottom of the ocean there near the, all the reefs, and they lay the eggs and they entangle around the seaweed and everything and then just effectively wait there. Yeah. Yeah, it was mad, though, to pick the, 
the coil of seaweed looking thing up and it was you know <laughs> the old version of an egg of a shark yeah really did you mad. see that was there an opening in it where you saw it had gotten out uh yeah he did actually show us that and then he showed us like how it was actually going to be fully formed when mm-hmm. it came out yeah 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 and the craziest thing too about jervis bay jervis jarvis bay it's part of canberra right so it's part of the act um but it's yes. not which is the capital uh canberra is the capital of australia and it's inside the australian capital territory which is within new south wales but jarvis bay is a tiny tiny part of canberra or of, of the act on the coast of new south wales which gives the um the territory access to the ocean right yeah yeah i remember we we crossed into act and we were like tick whoa i can smoke weed (laughs) ah didn't know that they've got those laws that's been in the news recently too where they're trying the greens are trying to legalize cannabis australia-wide and um i think the act's had these laws of not punishing people growing it or smoking it now for the last two years and they've been um all over the news anyway. Ah, oh, okay. So, you there missed your go. chance. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and segue here. So, uh, we were talking about, you know, nature and that mm-hmm. and uh, sharks and all, all, the, all the biological things around sharks. And you had a very famous Aussie guy that died probably about 10 years ago now. He was, he was stung by a stingray, I think. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You wouldn't really think you could be stung by a fish. You'd, you'd think... It's sort of an insect-related uh, attack, right? It sounds a bit weird to be yeah. stung by, well, Ray, I guess. I don't know if it's a fish, but yeah, so that was Steve Irwin. And I think that would Steve have been Irwin. 2006. So, that's almost 15 years ago. That's crazy, isn't it? Time flies. Mm. Yeah, that Missed is that a guy. long time ago. Yeah. So, Steve Irwin, he probably occasionally pops up into conversation. Less maybe? and less as the years pass, but yeah, his family's always around. You're kind of like, oh, guys, give it a rest. But, yeah, his family is always, you know, on Dancing with the Stars or on some TV show being interviewed just for being related to Steve Irwin. But, yeah, he used to- he definitely did when he was alive. He would always be in conversation, particularly with Americans because Americans would always know him because he got big over there first. No, Australians didn't really know who he was prior to him getting his TV show in the US and always being on the, I don't know, was it Saturday Night Live or whatever with different animals and- you know, freaking the people out. And he was married to Terry Irwin, who was an American woman. And so, yeah, but okay, occasionally he comes up okay. still. Yeah, yeah. So, he's what we would call a household name, a name that the whole of the three generations probably know. And it is very synonymous with a celebrity. But uh, yeah, we have an equivalent, I would say, of Bear Grylls. You know, Bear Grylls, I, I assume. Yeah, the guy who drinks his own urine in the desert, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he doesn't have a shark to impress you with, so he'll, he'll drink a bottle of piss. This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Um, (laughs) Well, it's funny how he lent into that, right? So, originally it was that Survivor show of whatever it was. Was it just called Bear Grylls or was it, um, did it have another name, that TV show that he had? 
He's had loads of TV shows, but yeah. But the original I mean, one where he got famous for just being dropped in the wilderness in all around the world and then had to kind of survive. And I feel like I remember the first series where he was doing that. And I think the first time he had to eat something weird, obviously that episode got a heap of traction and people watching him eating an insect or the testicle of a goat or drinking his own piss or something. And then he, he obviously lent into that. And every single episode after that, he was always eating, consuming something weird you know, really close to the camera and trying to describe how disgusting it was. And you're kind of like, mate, this is <laughs> this has gone a bit past survival. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe Bear Grylls Wild Adventure, would that have been it? I think something like that, yeah. Yeah, he's had literally like over 12, 13 different television broadcasts. But yeah, so he's a, he's a household name, Bear Grylls. Uh, and he was the equivalent to your, yeah, Steve Irwin kind of fella. Um, but then going on from Bear Grylls, because I, f- I feel like that's fairly obvious. If, if he comes up in conversation, mm-hmm. he's talking about weird shit that people eat in the <laughs> wild, maybe surviving on your own urine, that kind of conversation. Which is something um, we, and then, that is suggested you don't do, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, why is that? I think it's just it dehydrates you faster. From what I understand, yeah. so they just, I think they, from what I understand, I remember hearing about this where it was that Bill Bear Grylls did this and everyone was like, oh, you just drink your own piss. I'm pretty sure people just say, you know, try to avoid um, sweating as much as possible, stay somewhere cool, but drinking your own urine would be like drinking seawater where it's going to get you to, it's going to get you to get rid of more water as a result of doing that because you're filling yourself up with so many concentrated salts and other minerals and everything that's in there. So, it's going to dehydrate you faster. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that that's the thing. So, yeah. that's why it was always interesting seeing Bear Grylls always drinking his piss. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that this is not the survival advice <laughs> that they give. Well, luckily, this show isn't an SOS guide kind of, uh, you know, survival guide. But uh, yeah, good to know. And also thinking about it, I would be sweating about the idea of drinking my own piss. So that would be terrible at the same time. You should probably just let your piss cool down and then pour it on yourself. And then (laughs) that's probably a better use of it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is is getting disgusting. So we're going to jump over to a different category. Although before we go on to that, I should mention, you know, a national treasure, David Attenborough, oh. that probably most of these listeners know about. But who is David Attenborough, Pete? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Sir David Attenborough, isn't it? Very good. Very good. <laughs> yes. Good correction. Well, he's probably the most famous naturalist that's ever existed, right? Beyond maybe someone like Charles Darwin. But he got huge for from memory uh, in the 1940s and 50s, traveling around and capturing animals in the wild to bring back to zoos. And he had his own, I think, a TV show as well as books at the time, but then became that um, documentary narrator and, uh, yeah, host for a lot of those huge docos done around the world showing different things, you know, different animals. And one of the biggest ones I remember is when they did the killer whales in i think either chile or argentina that that throw themselves up on the beach chasing after seal pups and i remember that blowing my mind and one of the more recent ones was those um iguanas hatching i think in the galapagos and the snakes chase them down all of a sudden the snakes are all waiting and the little baby iguanas come out of the sand and it's like instantly it's like run for your lives (laughs) so yeah yeah they had an epic soundtrack to that yeah Mm -hmm. that really got my heart pumping um, yeah, he's had some amazing shows. And yeah, as you said, he's the the commentator that we associate with all of these um, amazing um, documentaries around the, the planet. 
um blue planet was one of them blue planet too oh well. man there's there's um, everything right plants oceans mammals like you know he's done all those different series but yeah i think i'm gonna cry when he dies probably more than steve Irwin, right yeah yeah i think everyone will shed a tear and amazingly i found out that oprah winfrey was the narrator for a lot of these series for americans so yeah. they didn't really know about david attenborough it's almost offensive right <laughs> <laughs> they had it to, does feel a better bit put an American in there because Americans won't want to be, you know, watching TV shows about um, life and, and, you know, these awesome TV shows because there's a British guy talking. It's like, come on, guys. Jesus. Yeah. And, and yet Australians were very comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. 100%. We were fine. It yeah. would be, I can't imagine if they tried to put an Aussie in there. It'd just be, it would be horrible. <laughs> imagine that that's Steve Irwin instead of David Attenborough. You'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> So, yeah. But how cool is it, too? Did you know his brother was in um, Jurassic Park? Whose brother? Uh, David, David Attenborough's David brother Atten- has... A, his brother is Richard Attenborough, who was the guy that was in um, Jurassic Park. We're holding the cane with the amber and, like, there. Like, <laughs> that's his brother. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just looking at him now. Oh, my God. Yep. That's amazing. And he's Lord Attenborough. Yeah, he was older than David, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah. So, that's David Attenborough. Now, we're going to go on to a completely different um, area of life. And I'm interested to see if you know of this guy. Uh, He's a famous businessman in the UK, and he does a show uh, all about, you know, cutthroat business and uh, trying to make it, uh, trying to get a business off and and running or starting a business up. Mm -hmm. Alan Sugar, or again, Sir Alan Sugar, have you heard of him? No, I don't think so. If I'm to look him up, Alan Sugar, see if I recognise yeah. his face. No, yeah, do it. no business magnate, huh? No, no, don't know this guy. Okay, I thought it was going to be one so of those he... guys on the Dragon's Den or whatever it's called, where they have like a, a group of guys who just roast, you know, people trying to launch their businesses. Yeah, he's kind of in the same ballpark as them. Yeah. So we've got a show called Dragon's Den where people come and show their inventions and then four very rich people say that they will invest in the invention or say it's a shit invention go away (laughs) and we've got some famous people around there um can you remember the names of those dragons there's an australian one i'm pretty sure isn't there no i don't remember any of them i probably would recognize them if i heard the names but i don't watch it unless it's like those short sort of hot take clips on um facebook or on youtube so what have we got here yeah peter jones deborah meaden sarah davies tej lalvani i think he's one of the funnier ones right the um guy that looks like he's of indian uh descent <laughs> he's one of the s- switched yeah. on ones that would roast people quite hard <laughs> yes yeah i always remember deborah meaden she always had quite a stern face about her oh yeah but uh and, and peter jones as well but um yeah, I, I think in conversation, they might just talk about Dragon's Den generally. Mm-hmm. So, Dragon's Den, guys, this is relating to a show where people are pitching an idea and getting money for it. And, you know, then they, they get equity. These dragons get equity in the company if it goes well. It's, it's always um, entertaining Alan- too. Sorry to, to cut you off there because they always let the best and the worst in. It's kind of like American Idol or Australian Idol. Or I'm sure they got, you know, UK Idol where they, they tend to let in the really good stars that are going to obviously get through, but then they also let in quite a few doozies. <laughs> and so, you'll have these people pitching these ideas on Dragon's Den and you'll be like, 
did you guys like even run this past your family or something before doing this in front of, you know, these millionaires? That's so true. Yeah, that's exactly like the X Factor or those singing competitions where they're like, how did you get to this point where you think that you can sing? I'll bluff my way through. Yeah, it feels like it's cruelty from the family members not to step up and say, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, going back to uh, Alan Sugar. So mm-hmm. he is the leading face or, uh, yeah, the main main guy around The Apprentice. Yeah, so he's Donald Trump in the UK, huh? Yeah, yeah. Until Donald Trump became, you know, who he is <laughs> in the recent years. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Sim- similar in that kind of sense. So he's a very, very famous uh, and wealthy man. Uh, he's got this kind of um, no bullshit kind of approach, and he'll uh, try to be very intimidating in a boardroom. Yeah, and uh, yeah, try to scare the shit out of people. So <laughs> if you ever hear his name, Alan Sugar, that's uh, that's kind of what they're talking about. Jesus. Trying to scare people in the boardroom, and he's worth mm. one point two billion dollars. My God, there we go. Yeah, remember. That this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. I'd like to remind you that if you are listening to this message, then you are not taking full advantage of the British English podcast, as we have the Academy, which is where I pour my blood, sweat and tears into every single episode. I go into further detail, giving you more content to enjoy and then deliver manually edited transcripts, video explanations of the advanced expressions used in the episode, pronunciation practice, quizzes assignments, flashcards, glossaries for all the definitions, etc, etc. So if you wanted to come away using the advanced language I'm exposing you to in each episode with confidence, then I highly recommend you join the Academy. To do that, you can head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com and you'll even be able to get a sample of the Academy completely free. So I want to talk about a, a different category again. And uh, I want I think, you know, this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the area of street art, we have a famous one called Banksy. Mm-hmm. You know, of Banksy, right? Yeah. You should have got me to guess first. <laughs> yeah, he That's is. True. Isn't he? That's true. Um, apparently, they think he's uh, from one of those famous bands, right? Which band do they think he's from? Massive Attack. That's right. Because he. The art kept appearing everywhere that that band was touring. I think someone, you know, one of these people on the internet was trying to work it out. You know, the these sort of internet uh, investigators. And I'm pretty sure they worked out that the timing of the appearance of these different art pieces around the world coincided with Massive Attack touring um, the world. And so, they were like, it's got to be someone in this band or associated with this band. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, what would you say Banksy is famous for, though, irrespective of who Banksy might be? Uh, the little girl holding the balloon. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Isn't that yeah, it? Yeah. The Love Heart yeah. Balloon or something? Or the rats recently? Was it the rats that were like smoking and hanging out? The artwork that he's done? I think that's all I really know about it is that famous kind of street art that's, um, again, I'm not really an art critique or critic, but um, it's kind of like, what would you say, like postmodern art where he's taking all these kind of cultural references and combining different flavors. So, you know, there'll be a girl holding a grenade, but it's in the shape of a love heart or something, you know, this kind of like ironic um, juxtaposition between two very different things like love and beauty and extreme violence, you know, that sort of stuff that that is very um, thought-provoking. And so, his art has gotten a lot of attention over the years worldwide as a result of of effectively being a social criticism, I think, a lot of the time, right? Like, he, his art is critiquing society and economy and all of that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, it's, it's gotten huge because he's done it. I think he's, he's done the art all over the world, but m- mostly it appears in Britain, right? And he's done some of these really big pieces where I think there was one that he did with a phone box. Didn't he, like, um, get a phone box and twist it up or something and then uh, install it somewhere. So, not just graffiti. It was like a a physical Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like he'd actually bought one of those um, red phone booths or boxes, whatever you guys call them, and chopped it up and then put it back together. Yeah, it's bent sideways. It looks like the shape of an L, but it's bleeding and it's got a pickaxe hanging out of it. I'm pretty sure he did that. And um, yeah installed that somewhere like just left it on the side on the side of the road without telling anyone obviously he's done a few of them by the looks of it Um, yeah it does yeah and he's very interactive with the environment which is quite cool but um again so if he came up in conversation uh probably you're you know walking around a a town and, and you see some graffiti on the wall and if it's quite artistic if it's got quite uh interesting way of looking at life or it makes you think People might mention his name, might say, oh, it looks like a piece of a piece from Banksy or it looks like somebody who's aspiring to to be, you know, the next Banksy or something like that. I think so, the average yeah. millennial in Australia would know who Banksy is. I don't know about the older generation or younger generation, but definitely people within five or ten years of my age would know who Banksy is just from, um, yeah, the, the internet and TV and everything. Nice. But my grandparents would probably yeah. be at a loss. They'd be like, what? And I, th- I would assume, you know, kids in primary school would also probably be like, huh? Yeah. And, and thinking about it, in the UK, if I asked my parents, they probably wouldn't know. Some, some of my friends' parents would definitely know. But yeah, my parents are not the most educated with street graffiti. Um, <laughs> so, there we go. Banksy. B-A-N-K-S-Y. So, uh, again, wanted to jump into a new category just to give you a good, you know, general knowledge, uh, if you will. So we've got um, the equivalent of Jerry Springer show kind of thing, but in yeah. the UK. Uh, any any idea of any of these shows in the UK that exist? No. They might have come up on your YouTube or something like that. Perhaps if I heard it, but I not from the top of my um my mind. No, we've got the the longest um, running show in the UK for this kind of thing is a guy called Jeremy Kyle. No, I don't think I know Jeremy, him. Jeremy Kyle. Kyle. Let's see if I can have a little Google. Jeremy Kyle. I assume that's spelt pretty much normally. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is this that? No, it's not that kind of like to catch a predator, dude. That's that's the US. He looks like that guy, though. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. But yeah, so Jeremy Kyle runs a daytime TV show in the UK and he invites people on who are having problems in in the family i'd say yeah relationship problems 
uh, one one that really caught my attention and they always do this they always have like this subtitle at the bottom like a tagline of their problem mm. and one of them was um my homosexual partner is my brother Jesus. or it was like a question it was a question uh, of that yeah 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 and it turned they did a live dna test and then they recorded their results and the results came in that they were indeed blood brothers they, oh, but, they were, but, but you mean they didn't know that prior to right that they'd somehow what been they were both adopted yeah okay Jesus. yeah they were because i was gonna be separated like at birth. <laughs> why would you do a dna test if it was your own brother that you were sleeping with it's like hello <laughs> <laughs> like just gotta yeah, make yeah. sure maybe he was adopted no yeah gotcha that's <laughs> i've heard of those horrifying things happening there was a um a tv show a documentary about i think it's called genetic attraction where okay people who come back into contact when they've been separated their entire lives, like um, mother, son, daughter, father, siblings, They, when they try and develop a relationship after having not grown up together, the a lot of the time the feelings of love end up manifesting the same way that you would with an, a stranger, right, that you get to know and then fall in love with because they haven't had that developmental progression of being a child and learning those taboos of like, this is your sibling, there's no way that you can ever love, love this person and have a relationship with them. And so, there have been a few of those situations where you're kind of like, God, I'm so glad I'm not in that in that person's shoes. Yeah, tough, tough or, or people who get engaged and then find out, you know, that they're siblings and you're just like, good God. <laughs> like, imagine that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But thinking about it for language learning, it would be a great way to get exposure to daily English because a lot of the people on there will be using <laughs> phrases that you'd hear, you know, and you, if you come and speak to locals, that's, I, that's how, I, I how thought, they'll sound. I thought you meant having a relationship with a relative. <laughs> well, like, give it a go. How, how is that yeah. going to help your English? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, you know, be safe, be safe. We want a, a widespread genetic... Um, <laughs> maintain that genetic diversity yeah <laughs> exactly yeah uh, just to shout out a few problems you know that subtitle that i mentioned uh one that i can see here after doing a um jerry jeremy kyle horror stories oh, in the God. images um one of them i heard you with another man stop blaming ghosts and admit that you're a cheat <laughs> so obviously <laughs> I always like this is the I definitely did grow up watching Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer is that American version, right? But it was always just so, so full on that you were like, these people have to be acting, right? Like they would they would have the strangest situations where I don't know, some some guy is, um, you know, dating a girl and then also has a relationship with her grandmother. And you're just like, this This has to be bullshit. There's no way. Like, And if this were true, why the hell would you get on national TV to talk about it? Like, Jesus. Yeah, that is confusing how they go on there. But um, that makes me think of um, embarrassing bodies. Have you got that TV show in Australia? Yeah, I've seen embarrassing the British, that embarrassing bodies one. But I think the thing with that is that they get free healthcare, right, with these issues that they they may have. And so, they get on and they're like... I've got, you know, a patch of hair growing out of my butthole or something like that. And they're like, all right, well, we'll get it sorted for you. But it's going on TV and everyone's going to see it. So, (laughs) 
That sounds quite normal, doesn't it? Patch of hair. You're that whole <laughs> joke. Ah, um, so yeah, that's embarrassing bodies, and yeah, they do get um, the medical bill um, paid for. But I suppose you know, with the Jeremy Kyle show, the people that come on there get a free lie detector test. So you know that that saves them a few quid. Or they're actors and actresses, and they're getting paid a, a salary. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I might be naive, but I don't think that they're lying. But anyway, there we go. Jeremy <laughs> Kyle is a daytime TV host for all of these kind of family affairs, dramas, etc. So mm-hmm. if you maybe if you are overhearing a d- domestic, which means an argument between a family, um, you might hear people referencing, oh, they should probably go on Jeremy Kyle or something like that. <laughs> sort their problems out publicly yeah exactly yes that's that's what they mean by that okay so we've got plenty more to get through but that is the end of part one so thank you very much public listeners if you enjoyed that then uh you know maybe even write a review in the podcast app that you're listening to this on uh but thank you very much um pete for doing that pete has his own version of the british english podcast called the aussie english podcast and you can go and check out him on aussieenglish.com uh .au, .au. yeah Sorry, you got it .au. yeah yeah <laughs> um or obviously in the podcast apps uh thank you very much pete but we're going to be continuing the show with part two and three for premium podcast and academy listeners cool. see you guys all right see you soon guys all the best We will leave it there for part one of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening up to this point. If you did want to listen to part two and part three of this conversation, then you can head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com and check out the premium podcast or academy memberships. The premium podcast gives you access to the full conversation along with extended glossaries, transcripts and flashcards, whereas the Academy gives you all of that plus exclusive videos and audios for the season-based episodes explaining the vocabulary, exampling them, giving you quizzes, writing assignments and weekly speaking classes on Zoom. But if you were just here for part one of this conversation, then I thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do grab that free worksheet by clicking the link in the show notes. My name's Charlie and I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. <laughs>